Hey y'all, welcome to the podcast companion to Four Millennial Managers, a webcomic at staycomcomic.com. You can go there to find the online webcomic as well as printable versions. They're one page per episode. You just print them out, fold them up. You have these fun little booklets with management tips. You can stuff them in your bookshelves at work, put them on your boss's desk, you do you. The first episode in this series is about diversity and inclusion. When we talk about diversity and inclusion, there's really two different things we're talking about. One is corporate culture. These are the things that show up on Glassdoor, on internal happiness surveys. It's how people feel working in your company. The second thing are policies. These are the things that managers and people with authority are actually enacting, and that definitely can affect diversity and inclusion. We'll talk about that later. But first, let's go back to corporate culture. So you have all these employees and the actions and words and the way they feel, this is all wrapped up in what your corporate culture is. And there are some things that employees, individual contributors can do to change corporate culture. But at the end of the day, their impact is limited. They have no organizational authority to actually alter anyone's actions, certainly not policy, generally speaking. And, you know, they're hired to to do to do something else usually. And certainly they don't generally have the expertise to create a corporate culture revolution from within your company. That's just not, that's just not practical. You know, as much as we like to get people involved and give everyone a chance to be engaged with different issues, they're not going to do it alone. They're going to need help. Now, on the other side of your organization, you have executives that have immense strategic organizational power to create whole organizations, to dictate how thousands of people are spending their time and how the company is spending their money. And this can really have a huge impact, but they tend to be fairly removed from the actual daily labors that are happening amongst the employees. So executives don't exactly know what the lived experiences are, what the diversity and inclusion situation is. That's why there are happiness surveys and all these different tools to try and share this information. But at the end of the day, especially within tech, I would say most executives don't really understand what tech work is like and how collaborative it is. All of this work is, you know, fairly unknown to executives. They're working with spreadsheets, with budgets. So there's definitely a communication difference and a difference of point of view that's happening here. It's very difficult for an executive to get in there and impact teams directly. They can have a big long-term or strategic impact, but they're removed from the daily efforts. And that's where middle managers come in. Middle managers are awesome. Middle managers are a company's superheroes. Every employee in a company has a manager. And this is someone who works with them closely, who knows what they're doing, who knows how they're doing, and actually has some authority to really affect what's going on within their team and within their work. Some of the things that managers can do, of course, is they're very involved in hiring. In tech companies, engineering managers are often also the hiring managers and have the power to, to ultimately accept and reject candidates. Managers are very involved in assessing performance, in advocating for promotions, for salary raises. Managers have to execute performance improvement plans. Managers have to decide that a performance improvement plan is even necessary. There's some real power that managers have. And, and there's ways, of course, more subtly that managers get involved. Managers also get involved more directly, of course, in smaller feedback and evaluation cycles. Managers are present at most of the meetings. Many engineering managers are themselves programmers. So they're coding and doing code reviews and pairing with folks and can be very involved in mentoring their teammates or mentoring their reports, both technically and socially. 
middle managers are a powerful lever for affecting change within an organization, a very direct lever. So we're gonna look at three ways that middle managers can have an impact. First, be courageous. It's your responsibility to raise your hand and ask those difficult questions and make space for discussions about diversity and inclusion. This could be at a big meeting, maybe there's an all hands with the CEO, and while anyone could raise their hand and ask these questions, it could be someone on your team. You can lead by example in this situation and you can raise your hand and say, hey, what is our plan for hiring this summer? It can be really scary to raise your hand and ask these sorts of questions, especially for reports who often don't have as much interaction with leadership and can feel a little more intimidated. As a manager, you often have more access. You often have more security in your job because of this access. And quite frankly, it's an obvious part of your, your role as an organizational leader to care about these organizational decisions. So it makes a lot of sense for you to talk about these things. Sometimes engineers are falsely pegged into this false dichotomy of being technical or social. And especially if someone is from an underrepresented group, asking about diversity and inclusion, they can be seen as problematic or develop a negative reputation. So use your power as a manager, especially if you're within the norm, but even if not, and ask those questions. And don't just stop there. Look, you have access to all these meetings and decisions that your reports don't have access to, right? You're meeting with your fellow engineering managers, with your boss, and you're talking about raises. You're talking about hiring strategy, about the interview pipeline. And these are all opportunities for you to raise your hand and make space for diversity and inclusion as it pertains to policy. And so this is an area where you can have a huge impact as an engineering manager that both executive leadership and your reports don't have access to. Two, change the system. So you don't just have access to asking questions and opening discussions and making space for diversity and inclusion. Often you're directly involved in the system itself. For example, as a hiring manager, you're often part of the recruiting process. You're part of the initial phone screens. You're working with recruiters to talk about what are you looking for? What skills, what technical skills and what collaborative skills are you looking for? What kinds of communication is important to be successful on your team? What are useful interview questions and interview process and what is not useful? What is biased or unnecessarily restrictive? As a hiring manager, you're also the one who's going to make the final decision the final yes or no for certain candidates. As a manager, your evaluation process doesn't just stop with hiring, it continues through one-on-ones and through performance assessments. And you can work with your engineers to make sure that you're helping everyone succeed and level up and develop valuable reputations among leadership and among the rest of engineering that they can then get rewarded for. One thing to be particularly careful of is that when you have a report who says, hey, I care about diversity, what can I do? That's awesome. And of course, encourage people to follow their passions, but also encourage people to be successful and guide people towards success. That's your job as their manager. Just as if you had an engineer who said, hey, I would really love to learn machine learning and this is a passion of mine. If there was no machine learning in your company, you could encourage them to do some work in their own time, but they wouldn't be getting a project to work on machine learning. You wouldn't be carving out time for them to do this work. And the same is true of diversity efforts. Yes, if someone is really interested in this, there's a lot of ways they can get involved going to meetups, hosting events maybe in your office, getting involved in recruiting, doing all sorts of things, starting an employee resource group around certain issues. But at the same time, it's just homework often. 
I mean, you have to decide, is this work that's actually being rewarded that is important for senior engineers to, to have these skills? Is this part of them leveling up and getting a promotion or getting a raise, being seen as technical leaders? Or is this just homework that is going to burn them out because you're not actually going to give them time to do this work? And because it is emotionally taxing work to be involved in this, especially if you are yourself a woman or underrepresented, it can be particularly draining to work in this area. So you have to really make sure that you're helping your reports be successful and that when someone comes to you about their interests, that you don't think, oh, they're interested in this and I'm just going to make this their responsibility. They might be saying to you, hey, I'm interested in this because I really want this culture, this organization to be diverse and inclusive. It's important to me and I want it to be this way. And they might actually be asking you to do work. But of course, what report would just ask their manager to do work? It's very easy to be like, how can I help? What can I do? When in fact, you as the manager should say, here's what I'm doing, because this is my job as a people leader, as an organizational person. Organizational health is my responsibility. Here's what I'm doing. Here's where we're at. Here's what I'm working on. This other work is going to come later. Now let's talk about your engineering work because that's what's going to be important for your career in this moment. So um, be cognizant of what that conversation is going to look like and what's going to be best for the people you're trying to serve. Now, finally, three, the hardest thing really, raise the bar. One of the ironies with diversity in tech is that you'll sometimes hear well-meaning but extremely ignorant leaders saying, yeah, I care about diversity too but we can't lower the bar. We're not a charity, we can't hire everyone, which is of course extremely demeaning to people who are underrepresented in tech. This sense that somehow diversity lowers the bar. It's not only demeaning and just not an effective thing for a leader to tell their community, but it's also completely wrong. In fact, if you think about it, when there's some kind of skewed or biased hiring, that's what lowers a bar, right? Because that means that instead of pulling from the full breadth of, of people and experiences and skills that are available, you're pulling from a smaller set. So your bar is actually lower. And and this means that sometimes you end up working with people who are not as advanced in some skills as you might expect in other scenarios, right? I mean, the common situation is you have a team, say, where their social skills are extremely immature, for example, or their sense of patience or perseverance or grit is just really lagging. You know, they're entitled or they don't know how to share, how to work with others, how to listen all sorts of other skills. Or maybe they're just not even, you know, that technically good because they just came through the door because they looked like a tech person and they didn't have to earn it as hard as other people did. So I'm 100% a true believer that to raise the bar, you need to hire diversity because anyone who has to stay in the pipeline and submit to all of the challenges and all the microaggressions and all the um, the requests to prove yourself more and more and more, they're going to be amazing. And I've totally seen that all the time. So the hardest thing as a manager is having to give feedback and having to develop people who are sometimes behind or, or just sometimes, you know, not where they need to be in their journey and having some kind of issue around that. And of course, one of the ways to make this easier is to get in touch with your kindness and your compassion and your, your own empathy and really see how you can help this person. Sometimes this can be difficult because there hasn't been a lot of negative feedback or a lot of critical feedback that this person has had to witness. So for example, someone who constantly interrupts quieter teammates, you know, they're an adult. They've lived a lot of their life where this is okay. And now you're coming in and saying, hey, we need to work on this. This is really important. 
And it's so important that, you know, this is the same as not being able to do your job well. Just as when someone's technically lagging and it's hurting the rest of the team, say the other team's having to fix up their bugs or spend extra time on things, you know, that can really hurt a team. And, you know, that's why you work with individuals is to help them and to help their teammates. Well, some of these other issues like interrupting someone or, you know, taking the keyboard and, and just being sort of aggressive in, in someone's space, these are damaging too, very damaging because they silence people. They, they mean that other people aren't able to contribute their full strength and that lowers the strength of the whole team. So sometimes you have to sit down with folks and really help them understand the impact of what they're doing, whether it's technical or social and work with them to improve that and put a line in the ground about what skills are necessary and important to work together. And that's how you can raise the bar. You can do the same thing by including these skills in job descriptions and keep those skills involved all the way from recruiting and hiring all the way through to performance assessments. When we talk about inclusion in particular, we're really talking about these behaviors, these social behaviors, these emotional awareness, the ability of people to process emotions, to process what other people are going through and to think before they act and to think before they talk and to not other people and to not be ignorant. So one, be courageous, raise your hand, ask those questions, make space for these discussions, especially within your management team and with the leaders that you have access to. Bring your team together and make inclusion and diversity just part of what it means to be an awesome manager at your company. Two, change the system. Don't just open these discussions. Fix job descriptions, fix your interview process, fix your performance assessments. Make diversity and inclusion part of these processes and part of these documents. Three, raise the bar. Work with individuals who are subtly aggressive or overtly aggressive, certainly, but work with the people who are holding your team back from being the best team that they can be. Work with the people who are holding other people back. Because when we talk about inclusion, that's really what we're talking about is everyone enabling everyone else to be included and to be productive and to be powerful. You can learn more at staycalmcomic.com. I release a new episode every Monday. Each episode has a zine component, which is a short comic, which you can look at it online, but you can also print out a one-page version that you then fold up into a little booklet that you can then stuff on your bookshelf at work. And along with every zine, I'm making a companion podcast. That's what you've listened to just now. So come back every Monday and let me know what you think. You can send me anonymous questions and scenarios that you'd like me to discuss in the zine and on this podcast at ask.fm slash staycomcomic. Finally, I'd like to thank the creators of Steven Universe for some of my inspiration for the zine characters, in particular Garnet, and we'll see some of the other characters from Steven Universe show up later in the series. That's all for now. See you next week. Bye.